here about the fact if we're risen with Christ. And the truth is, when we uh, get saved, the Bible teaches us, according to the book of Romans, chapter number 6, that we ought to uh, be dead to self, the old nature. Uh, The old man ought to die. He ought to be crucified. Um, In fact, uh, uh, later on, Paul says, uh, uh, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And the idea that we are to be crucified in Christ is speaking of our old nature and in rising to walk in newness of life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. When we get saved, our life ought to be different. It ought not be the same as it used to be. Uh, We ought not to be walking in the same way we used to walk. We ought to be different. Uh, now, I've heard people say, well, you know, I didn't notice a big change in my life. Some, some people it happens quickly to, some people it happens slowly to, but there ought always be a change. Uh, there ought to be something different there. And so uh, Paul is speaking here of those that have been risen with Christ. So the old nature is uh, being crucified, the old nature is being put down, and now we're rising to walk in newness of, Christ, uh, newness of life and being risen with Christ. He says, if that's the case... Then he uses this word. I like the choice of words that he uses here. He says, seek those things. This is a continuous action verb. It's not something that, uh, like when we go out, uh, when we're kids looking for a treasure hunt, and we get to the goal of our our treasure hunt, and we find the treasure, and uh, then we sit down and enjoy the treasure, and that's as far as we go. But this has the idea that we're supposed to be constantly seeking for the things which are above there's to be a, a, a hunger or a thirst for these things. Uh, can we put it this way? Can we call it a desire? Or let's use the Bible term here that it uses in verse number 2. Let's call it our affection. Let's seek for those things. Let's be affectionate for some things. Let's have a desire for some things. He says, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above not on things of the earth. One of the great battles of the Christian life is the battle for our affection. And on the one hand, you've got a world that is ruled by the prince and the power of the air, Satan himself, who is uh, deceitful. I think Brother Harold and I were talking about that the other day, how deceitful Satan is and cunning and sly. Uh, He's had numbers of years to perfect his tactics. And uh, he has a way of taking sin and things that are contrary to God and making them look really appealing, doesn't he? Especially to a, a fleshly eye or a human eye. And he, he causes a lot of times enticement to take place. He's, he's done it since the beginning of time. He, he asked Eve, he said, uh, you know, if you eat of this fruit, what's going to happen? And she said, uh, I'm not supposed to eat it or touch it lest I die. And, but the Bible says that when she saw that the tree was good for food and pleasant to the eye, Satan had a way of making it look really, really good, didn't he? And you know the battle that you and I battle on a daily basis, whether we understand it or or think about it consciously or not, is the battle for our affection. Uh, I think the psalmist understood this, and I've, I've quoted this verse many, many times before in our church. But the psalmist said, Oh, that my ways were thy ways. And I think what he's speaking of there are his affections. Oh, that the things that I will the things that I long for, the things that I'm affectionate toward, would be really things that, Lord, you're affectionate toward. Those are things that you desire. Those are things that I want to emulate. And so I think that's the great battle, the great choice of the Christian life. As Paul speaks of setting our affection on things above, 
And it's one thing for us to know this. We could preach on setting our affection on things above this afternoon, and some of us can make decisions and recommit some things to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to set my affection on things above. And then we walk out of the church building, and we get home, and the first thing we think of is, well, how am I going to do this, this commitment that I just made for the Lord? Uh, you know, how do, I, how do I set my affection on things uh, above? Well, there are several things I think the Bible teaches that ought to be the desire of a new Christian. Uh, once we get saved, there ought to be some things that we now hunger for and desire and are affectionate toward that we didn't used to be. And I want us to look at those, and hopefully they'll be a help to us, that if we're, if we're negligent in any one of these areas, that we pray and say, Lord, help me to have an affection for those things. Because they are things that I believe help us to keep our affection on things above, and we'll be dealing with what Paul has spoken of here. Turn with me, first of all, to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. <clears throat> Let's look in verse number 1. As Paul is speaking here to Timothy, young Timothy, he says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but, will, but after their own lusts they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And so we find here that there will be in a new Christian, or a Christian, somebody who's risen with Christ, okay, that there will be a desire for biblical preaching. There, there, there didn't used to be. We didn't used to long for doctrine and, and learning Scripture. In fact, the Bible says here in verse number 3, Paul warns Timothy, he said, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their, what's the next two words here? Their own lusts. This isn't the, the affection of things above. This is the affection of the heart, uh, of, the, of the flesh. And the, fe- the affection of the flesh longs for what? It longs for teachers that, that will tell them what they want to hear. It doesn't long for the Scriptures. It doesn't long for God's Word. Isn't it interesting that the Bible teaches that the things of the world are absolutely and diametrically opposed and the exact opposite of the things of the Lord and the desires that the Lord has for us. They are constantly at odds. They're constantly the tug of wars going on inside our hearts all the time. And if we are going to set our affection on things above, one thing we need to focus on is we need to learn to love good preaching. Bible preaching. Bible-centered preaching. Not man's opinion, not some preacher that will get up and tickle your ear and make you feel good and, uh, and, and tell you what his thoughts are. But somebody that will get up and take the Word of God and say, this is what the Bible says. And when we get saved, there ought to be something different in us. I'll be real frank with you. Mom and Dad, when I grew up, I was in a pastor's home. Um, there were times that Mom had the chore list on the wall. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you all did that when you were growing up. You had all this list of chores on the, on the door. Jonathan, you never saw one of those, have you? <laughs> Chore list. You get it on the door and you've got to check them off. And mom, sometimes if she had to run some errands, she'd say, now when I get back, I want all those done. And of course they weren't and we'd get in trouble. But, um, you know, we used to have to, one of the chores that we had to do was we had to read our Bible. Growing up, mom and dad made it a practice that we as young children read our Bible every single day. I'll be honest with you, there were days I faked it. 
But when I got saved, something changed. I didn't have to be made to read my Bible anymore. Now, I'm not saying that every day I went rushing to it. But there was a desire now for the things of the Lord. I sat over about where Brother Norm did in our auditorium for years and endured my dad's preaching. Not because I didn't love my dad. I loved him very much. But I was a young man. I was lost as lost could be. And there wasn't, it was going in one ear and out the other. And I didn't hear a word of what my dad said. You know what I was thinking? When are we going to get out of here? When can I go play with my friends? What are we going to do after church? But when I got saved, something changed. All of a sudden, my dad started preaching good messages. It was amazing when I got saved what God did to my dad's preaching. It was fantastic. And boy, it started touching my heart. There were times I came to an altar, not because I felt like I wanted to go to the altar and have fun. There, there was something in my heart that was stirred. We begin to have a desire for good preaching, Bible preaching. I believe if we're going to set our affection on things above, we ought to saturate ourselves with Bible preaching. I'll be honest with you, I listen to preaching throughout the week. I have friends of mine that pastor. I have people that I enjoy listening to their preaching. And I'll tell you, your pastor needs preaching just like you need preaching. And I love listening to preaching. I enjoy the times. There are times Jonathan will come in the room. He's like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm listening to preaching. I enjoy hearing it. I enjoy hearing what people say. I need my batteries charged. I need my heart stirred. And there ought to be a desire for biblical preaching. Number two, there ought to be a, a, a desire for our hearts to be transformed. Look with me in 2 Corinthians Second Corinthians chapter number 5. Second Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. In Romans chapter number 12, Paul says in verse number 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There ought to be a desire to be transformed from the inside out. Uh, I'm thankful when God does something outwardly in my life. But boy, when He makes a change on the inside, I was shocked when I graduated high school, went to college, and was out on my own. I, 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 uh, I had some standards in my life that I thought, man, as sure as I get out from Mom and Dad's house, that may not be my standard anymore. It was amazing to see what God had done in my heart. Not because I was, I was my mom and dad's kid. I wasn't doing it because I had to. God had changed something inside of me. I'll be honest with you. Hardly a day or a week goes by that there's not something God's dealing in my life or my heart about. And I've grown to love and to cherish the transforming work of God's Word in my heart and in my life. There ought to be a desire for those things. We ought to seek when we come to God's Word. We ought to be praying, Lord... Use this, this truth. Use this time to, to change my heart. 
Help me to see some things. Help me to learn some things. Help the Holy Spirit to guide and to direct me. And I want to be, I, I don't want to just read my Bible so I can check off some, some checklist and show somebody, hey, I read my Bible. I, I don't want to just read my Bible so I can feel good that, hey, I, on Sunday I read my Bible this week. I want to read my Bible to the point where God does something in my life from it. When I come to its pages, I want it to, I want to open my heart up and put it in there and say, Lord, change me. Do something inside. Help me to be more like you. Help me to be more pleasing to you. Help me to be living in a way that I am bringing more glory to you. I've got more boldness. I've got more faith. I'm more prepared to share the gospel. Transform me from the inside out. And there ought to be a desire for that when we get saved, if we've been risen with Christ. We ought to have a desire for Bible preaching. We ought to have a desire for God's Word to change us or to transform us. Number three, we ought to have a desire to have a Christ-centered ministry. Notice I didn't just say ministry. That we have a Christ-centered ministry. Our ministry is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about building numbers. It's not about having a name for the church. It's not about getting invited to preach at conferences. Our church and our ministry is to lift the Lord Jesus Christ up and Him alone, to make Him the center part. And in every one of our ministries, whatever facet God has you laboring in and serving in, it is not about you. It is all about Him. It's not about it's not about having people pat you on the back and say, "Boy, what a great servant of the Lord you are!" Boy, you listen, uh, you you pray and you read your Bible and you listen to preaching. It's not about that. It's about lifting Him up and making Him preeminent in our lives. Look with me if you want Colossians chapter one. We quoted this in the earlier service. Colossians chapter number one and verse number eighteen. Let's back up to verse number seventeen. Let's back up to verse fifteen. It's all good. Start in Genesis 1, and we'll... I'm just kidding. Verse 15. Who, in the, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. And He is what? He is before all things, not just some of them, and by Him, all things what? Consist. If God ever ceased to be God, you and I would be the first to know because we would cease to exist. We're only here because of Him. Verse number 18, And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things, notice that, that in all things He might have the preeminence. That means ministry. That means serving. That means if we run a bus route, it's not about having the biggest bus route. If we teach a Sunday school, it's not about having competition to see how big we can get our Sunday school class. It's about focusing on lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ and making Him the center of our ministry. Can I tell you this? God will take care of the fruit. We take care of lifting Him high. We take care of laboring and doing the work that He's called us to do. Let God deal with the fruit side of it. Let God deal with the increase. By the way, I'd much rather have His increase than mine any day. It would be fruit that remains. 
Oh, that we be careful of these things, that we have a desire for Christ-centered ministry. Number four, we will have a desire, and I love this. I think we have a lot of this going on in our church. We have a desire to work with others. I don't know about you, but I enjoy uh, laboring together. Uh, the Bible talks uh, about laboring together for the gospel. Um, look with me, if you will, in Psalm 133 and verse number 1. Psalm 133 and verse number 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in what? And unity. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. By the way, we could give you passage after passage after passage of, of the early church being of one heart and of one mind and of one accord and laboring together. Look with me, if you will, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse number 6. Paul says this, uh, I have, let's back up to verse 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom he believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that gave the increase. Isn't it wonderful to be able to labor together and not worry about who gets the credit? God gets the credit. He's the one that gives the increase. We have a desire to work with others. By the way, that will help keep a spirit of humility in a church when we're not worried about getting the credit for what we have done. Because the Bible tells us here, it doesn't matter. It says, neither he that planteth is, is anything, neither he that watereth. We're not anything. We're just, we're just dust of the ground. We're just sinners saved by the grace of God. But God gives the increase. There will be a desire to work, for, work with others. Look with me, if you will, in Philippians. Let's see if I, if I, I didn't have this one written down. I'm going to go from, oh boy, here we go. I'm going to go from memory on this one, okay? See if I get the passage right. Philippians chapter number 1, I think it is. Let's see if we can find this one. Yeah, I like this. Here we go. Verse number 27. Philippians 1, 27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind. Notice this phrase, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Can I tell you this? When we get saved, when we are risen with Christ, there will be a desire to strive together for the faith of the gospel. I, I enjoy serving God, but you know how much more fun it is to serve God with somebody alongside you? I mean, there, it just makes the day different, isn't it? To labor alongside someone. And especially if God puts a whole church fitly framed together, laboring together, in one mind, in one accord. How do we set our affection on things above? We've got to focus on these things. We need to have a desire for biblical preaching. We need to have a desire to have an inner transformation in our lives daily through the reading of God's Word. We need to have a desire for Christ-centered ministry. We need to have a desire to work with others. And lastly, we need to have a desire to reach our generation with the gospel. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. 1 Corinthians chapter number 16.
We're going to begin reading in verse number 5. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, in winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you in the Lord, if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door, and effectual, is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. I tell you this, we live in a day where God has, for about the last 200 and so years, given you and I a great door and an effectual. We live in a country that allows us to freely take the gospel and preach it. I don't know for how much longer, but at least for now, we have the ability to do that. I read something this week that was shocking to me. I knew it was getting bad, but I didn't realize it was this bad. Out of all the nations of the world, the United States of America is second of having missionaries not sent from it, but sent to it. We are second out of all the countries in the world. You say, Brother Greg, I I wish I could go to a mission field. We're in the second largest one. We have the opportunity of a lifetime. Paul said, an effectual door has been set before me. This open door. I don't have to travel to a foreign field to reach the mission field. I have but to step outside my house and literally walk one or two or three houses down to find the mission field. There will be a desire. Paul said, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Oh, that God would help us to have the right affection. If you then be risen with Christ, seek. Don't just find something and and be content with it. But continuously seeking. Set your affection on things above. Constantly seeking for it. Bible preaching. A mind that is transformed through God's Word. Christ-centered ministry. Laboring together with others. And reaching our generation with the gospel. Ought all be part of the affection that our hearts have right now. Things of eternal weight. Things of eternal matters. So I hope that will be a help to you this afternoon. Let's stand together. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Father, we're so thankful for your word. We pray that you'll bless the time that we've spent here together. As we've learned some things, I pray that you would use them in our lives to help us be more of what we should be. Lord, we fail you so often. I pray that you'd help us to strive, to labor, to seek for these things in our life. We can be less in failing you and more in serving you. Father, I pray that you'd help us to leave this place with the messages upon our hearts and upon our minds, that we would meditate upon them throughout this day. Lord, may your Holy Spirit allow it to do its transforming work in our hearts and our lives. Dismiss us now with your blessings. Give us safety on the way home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.